Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Monday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Good to be with you, Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad. Hope you had a great weekend. Thanks for joining us on a steamy, hot, humid Mississippi Monday. If you want to be part of the show, you can do so on the C Spire text line. Number is open, and the text line is wide open to you, 601 879 Nine five bull. There's a lot of it in wireless, but Seaspire thinks you deserve a plan that's actually what it says. Here's the real deal: the best plan for one or two lines, forty five dollars each with auto pay and paperless billing. No bull. Seaspire.com. Thanks for joining us. The big story today is well, what's Major League Baseball going to do? The Miami Marlins have had a coronavirus outbreak. Oh my gosh, we got to shut down the whole season. Thankfully, that has not happened yet. We will get into the story. We will get into some of the questions. We will get into some of the Monday morning quarterbacking that is going on as it pertains to, well, what should have Major League Baseball done going into this? And we'll have to think back to what actually happened to get some of those answers. But first... Hey, fellas. How was your weekend? Borky, what's up? Weekend was good. Monday got off to a pretty rough start, though. Oh, yeah? I mean, <laughs> I sit down oh, to... Oh, <laughs> you mean the baseball news. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I sit down to start recording a podcast this morning, and the second I hit that little button with the red circle on the inside of it, Jeff Passan breaks the news that there's this outbreak in Major League Baseball. So I just uh, reacted to that in real time. But weekend okay. was good. Watched a little bit of baseball more than I usually do. Uh, watched some 3M championship and watched some NBA scrimmages, it felt like for the first time in a while, like I know there's been PGA Tour and there's been NASCAR and stuff, but this weekend, all joking aside with the news this morning, was the first time in a really long time where you had a sports weekend. You know what I mean? Where there was a bunch of stuff on and you could flip the channels and Saturday there was one thing and Sunday there was another. And it was really nice to have a sense of normalcy, even though it was... you know, NBA basketball in late July that I was watching mostly, but a sports weekend for the first time in a long time, and that felt good. I don't think I watched any exhibition uh, NBA, but I did uh, watch a ton of baseball this weekend and watch some golf and spent some time outside. All in all, a pretty good weekend. Hey, Dad, how was yours? It was good. It was good. I, I watched some baseball, watched the hottest team in in baseball, the San Francisco Giants went went two in a row. Uh, hmm. Watched some soccer, obviously. Uh, grilled. It was a good weekend. How did the uh, how how the grilling turn out? Came out really, really good. I was very impressed with how how well I did. Borky, did you circle back and have better success with your beef ribs than last time? 
Yeah, I also did a chuck roast too that got ruined by a pop-up storm, but otherwise. You, you keep letting rain mess up your grilling. Man, and the thing is, it was going great too. And the ribs were good. And I was... I think chuck roast, a good smoked chuck, is the most underappreciated barbecue meat. It's cheap. I mean, I got a three and a half pound chuck roast for like sixteen dollars. I mean, okay. it's it's cheap. It's really easy, and it's actually pretty good. And I was like two and a half hours into the smoke, and just an absolute monsoon of a downpour for about an hour put completely put the fire out in the smoker. So I had to throw it in the mm-hmm. oven, and it ended up being a disaster. But the ribs were good. With the exception of the San Francisco Giants and the Los Angeles Dodgers, and then the Angels and the Oakland A's, who are playing each other right now, they're in the top of the second inning scoreless, everybody in Major League Baseball has played three games. Now we'll get off kilter a little bit because of some postponements today and people eventually getting to off days. I don't know if you guys realize this or not. Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't look at the standings. There is not an undefeated team in Major League Baseball. Everybody played three games. Those four teams that I mentioned have either played four or are playing their fourth right now, and nobody's undefeated. The Orioles went two and one. They took two of three from the Red Sox. The Rays took two out of three. The Yankees took two of three from Washington after being anemic offensively for seven innings yesterday, having only one hit. They hit two home runs in the seventh. They drive in a run in the eighth. They win three to two, and they take two of three in their series with the Washington Nationals. But Toronto and Boston both squeezed squeezed out a game. In the American League Central, Cleveland, Detroit, and Minnesota all won two games. White Sox, Royals, both avoided being swept. The American League West, the Houston Astros, who looked unbelievable in their first two games against Seattle, well, they dropped one on Sunday. The A's won two games. They're playing right now against the Angels. But the Angels, Mariners, and Rangers avoided being swept nationally. Braves did nothing offensively on Friday. They needed extra innings on Saturday to win in 10 innings, and that was when they were down to their final strike in the top of the ninth and got a home run to tie it up. And then they just boat raced the Mets yesterday. The Marlins won twice, but they may have lost more than anybody. So the Nats, Mets, and and Phillies all got a win. Cardinals were in position to sweep the Pirates, but couldn't finish it off yesterday. Cubs got two, but the Reds, Pirates, and Brewers avoided avoided being swept. And then the Rockies, Padres, Giants, and Dodgers all have two wins with the Diamondbacks sitting at one and two. It's a pretty balanced weekend of baseball all the way around. Well, you know, I mean, that's what I expected. I mean... Everybody's just trying to, with everybody trying to feel each other out and everything being so different, I, I just don't think anybody's going to get off to a super hot. I, somebody might jump out of this after the first 10 games and be 8 and 2, maybe even 9 and 1. But it's, it just feels like it's going to be close maybe for the first couple of weeks and then everything will start falling into place as to who the really the good teams are. After the news this morning, maybe they shouldn't feel each other out. Hey! Uh-huh. Nailed it. Hey! Hey, Dad, you had given up on the entire season on Friday afternoon, you, or after uh, Thursday night. Are you feeling a little bit better, though, after a couple of wins for the well, uh, Giants? I mean, it was fun to watch them to win. Four games set, they were outscored 22-10, uh, to 10, but they, they split. That's an incredible uh, statistic. 
Um, no pictures I mean, in the box score. That's right. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. You know, just going to play it by ear. But but the thing is that gives you hope is the fact that 16 teams, theoretically, are yeah. going to the playoffs. And somebody who's going to be more than one or two games under 500 is going to get in, you feel. There's going to be a 25 and 35 team that's going to be close, I bet. So we, why not uh, us? Why not us? we got a, a bunch to get to this afternoon. We'll have winners and losers in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll get into this Major League Baseball story with the Florida Marlins. Everybody is immediately trying to connect college football to the Florida Marlins having an outbreak on their team where 12 players and two coaches have tested positive for coronavirus. It seems like there were some pretty irresponsible decisions that were made yesterday by the Marlins, and uh, apparently it has resulted in potentially more people being infected with COVID. Uh, Tough news for Ole Miss football over the weekend. As Sam Williams was arrested on Friday, he was charged with sexual battery. Uh, A a rush-in or a linebacker, depending on how you want to look at him for Ole Miss, arguably the most important defensive player for Ole Miss coming into uh, this fall. I mean, you can argue that one way or the other, but certainly was going to be an impact player on the defensive side. He was released on bond on Friday afternoon, a $25,000 bond. Ole Miss, uh, when asked on either Friday night or Saturday afternoon, maybe it was Saturday afternoon, uh, issued this statement, we've suspended Sam Williams indefinitely from all team activities. We take these charges very seriously and will allow, <coughs> excuse me, will allow the legal system to run its course before making further determinations on his status in our program. Obviously, that's not good news. You, If you're an Ole Miss fan, you, you hope that there's more to the story. But it is an extremely serious story at this point that now we'll just kind of have to wait on, wait for more information on. We'll get into that a little bit later for the uh, college football fix. We'll look at what happened in Major League Baseball this weekend uh, one of the things that happened in Major League Baseball is you kind of look around the league, you got some pretty significant injuries. And my question is, are the injuries that we're seeing pop up right out of the gate related to the fact that it was spring training, shut it down for three months, a month of summer training, and now we jump into the season, or is it just they're playing games, the stress level is higher, and you're going to have injuries? A couple of pretty significant ones on the pitching front. Justin Verlander injured for the Houston Astros. We'll see where that goes. Uh, Corey Kluber, part of the starting rotation for the Texas Rangers, injured, going to be out at least four weeks. So a lot to get to with you this afternoon. Just getting started. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad on a Monday. We'll be right back. Back with you on this Monday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. I, uh, th- there was something that I missed back in January that I relearned this weekend. I, I don't know if you guys remember this story popping up or not. I was, uh, was watching baseball this weekend, and the San Diego Padres were playing. And they were wearing white uniforms with pinstripes. And Jane looked up and she goes, those uniforms are ugly. 
was like, yeah, I agree that the color scheme's ugly. Brown and yellow, not so good. And I said, hold on a second. The Padres were like wearing blue and white last year. And so I went to the handy-dandy Google machine and said, when did the Padres change colors? And apparently they announced back in January that they were switching back to the much-beloved brown and yellow, brown and gold for 2020 and beyond. And in reading the story, uh, apparently once upon a time, as the Padres from their inception in 1969 until the late 80s, when they were wearing the brown and yellow color scheme, it was referred to as mustard and mud. That's sort of a some fair Padres description. Baseball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, outside of Tony Gwynn. Yeah. Basically. Ken Caminiti mixed in there. Benito Santiago for a stint. I like Santiago. Oh, he was good. Yeah. Did you see the Padres uniforms this weekend? I saw them. And it reminded me of the of the, uh, the old days when the Padres wore those wore those colors a little more prevalently. I think that's there you go. The All the syllables. There you go. Yeah, look at me go. Uh, but uh, you know, it's the Padres. I don't hate them, but I wouldn't pick brown and yellow as a color scheme for anything. I don't think. Anyway, just a complete aside. So, not not a fan of Wyoming's uniforms. Not really. Okay. Not really. I don't think that's a uh, that's a, a great. You, you probably finished last in the color selection process if brown and gold are what you went with. Yeah, just thought. Um, all right, so let's rewind to March twelfth. I think they March eleventh, twelfth, somewhere in there. I, I think it's March twelfth. That was the day that the sports world came to a screeching halt, or or the day before the sports world came to a screeching halt. Rudy Gobert tested positive for COVID-19. You got NBA teams that are on the floor. You you stop a game at halftime. You stop another game right before it starts, and everything comes to a screeching halt. Fast forward to July 27th. You have 12 Miami Marlins players and two coaches test positive for COVID-19. Two games have been postponed. One is the game that the Marlins were supposed to be hosting tonight, their first home game against the Baltimore Orioles, and the other is the Phillies game against the Yankees because the Phillies were the opponent of the Miami Marlins over the weekend. There is a game that is happening right now. Arizona and San Diego are playing right now. So that one's happening in San Diego, California. There's another game in Oakland, California that is happening right now between the Angels and the A's. And in addition to that, you got Toronto at Washington tonight. The Cubs are in Cincinnati. The White Sox are in Cleveland. Seattle's at Houston. The Mets are at Fenway to take on Boston. Only two games postponed. What's different now than March 12th? That's a good question. Um, I think the difference is we know more or we should know more about it, and there was a lot more planning and preparation that led to the start of this. And clearly there was something wrong in Miami. Somebody did something they were not supposed to do or something like that. The only way you can get a spread like that is if somebody did something they were not supposed to do because if you did 
all of your social distancing and all that stuff they require you to do, the likelihood of you getting the virus is very, very, very small. So something went wrong. However, the the reaction that I saw the, the second this news broke, like you mentioned at the top that you were making fun of, the, oh, shut it down, shut it down. Hey, hold on. And I know Twitter is an echo chamber for the insecure. I, I, I'm aware of that. But if they were not prepared for this happening, there is something wrong. If they did not expect something like this to happen, then there's something wrong. Far worse than the actual outbreak itself. This is exactly what Major League Baseball and college football and the NBA and Major League Soccer, who had an outbreak, by the way, multiple teams when they got to Orlando or before they got to Orlando to start their bubble, multiple teams had to delay their arrival to the start or the restart of their season because there was an outbreak within the team. The rest of the league pushed on, and now look at them. No positive tests anywhere. So if they did not anticipate this happening, there's where something is wrong. If you did not expect players in Major League Baseball to test positive at some point during the season, that's on you. Because everybody involved in this should have known and did know that this was coming. Maybe not to the scale where it's almost half your travel roster. Clearly something went wrong. But this was expected to happen. At least it this should is have al- been. This is also the reason that they made 60 players available for these rosters. You've got 30 on the active roster, and that number is going to scale back as we get a little bit deeper into the season. But there's 60 players that you theoretically could bring onto your major league roster. Well, the Marlins are about to have to bring a bunch of those guys up. Well, that's not fair if they're going to be facing single-A. Sorry. Borky, I agree with you. Somebody did something they weren't supposed to do. I don't think it was just blind misfortune, dumb luck, that 12 Miami Marlins players. Now, maybe it was only one player. Or maybe it was a couple of players that went to a club or went somewhere they weren't supposed to go and broke the rules and got infected, and then the the infection spread like wildfire throughout the team. You're dealing with this in the NBA. Lou Williams of the Los Angeles Clippers was on bereavement leave. I think that's what's been reported. Yeah, he actually, and this this did happen. He did attend a funeral. That's why he left. He went to a funeral, but he also went to his favorite restaurant, he says. Name of the restaurant? (laughs) Magic City. If you Google Magic City Atlanta, here's what it says. Careful, Magic Computer. Don't do it at work. No, 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 I'm not saying saying click on the link. (laughs) It says Magic City Premier Atlanta Strip Club. Lou Williams said, I went there to eat. It's my favorite restaurant. There's something on the menu named for me. You did not make a wise choice. Lou Williams pops up on somebody's Instagram feed at a strip club in Atlanta while he has been excused by the NBA for bereavement leave. Yes, he went to a funeral. He also didn't have enough brain cells to realize it was not a good idea to go to a strip club while he was away on bereavement leave, regardless of whether or not there is a menu item that is named after him. The best part about it is whatever, I've never heard of the rapper before, but the rapper that posted the Instagram quickly deleted it because they probably realized how stupid it was. And the next morning tweeted that it was just an old picture he shared of his buddy because he missed him. The problem with that 
is Lou Williams is wearing the NBA-issued face mask that they were given upon arrival in the Orlando bubble. (laughs) (sighs) I like wings. I don't know if I like them that much. Johnny Manziel said the best, uh, they're the best that you can get at a strip club, so... If well, anybody I mean, would like, know, you know, that's the guy that would know. Yeah, that's like saying you're the skinniest hey dad. I mean, they're just <laughs> still fat. Uh, okay, though, so we can all agree that whether we're talking about the NBA in its bubble, Major League Baseball, who is traveling without a bubble, the NFL, which is not going to have a bubble, college football, college sports in period in general, which is not going to have a bubble, You've got to have guys and and girls who make good decisions, who make smart decisions. They got to decide and 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 look, maybe this is maybe this is too much pressure, maybe this is asking too much. But but you have to make a conscious decision of if you're a professional athlete, I want to play ball and I want to earn a living more than I want to Go out with my boys. Go out with my girls. Now, there is risk in everything that you do in contracting COVID-19 because it's everywhere. It's everywhere. But if you make decisions that are especially reckless, you're endangering not only your own livelihood in the short term, never mind your health, you're endangering the livelihood and the health of a whole bunch of other people. And in the case of Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL, a multi-billion dollar enterprise. Hope those uh, teriyaki wings were good, Lou. Hope, you know, what whatever happened in Miami was fun, guys. All right. A little revisionist history and a question that is being asked about Major League Baseball and its return to the diamond. We'll ask that question next. Sports Talk Mississippi. You've been on social media today. You've seen a bunch of the blue checkmark bros who have uh, already asked the question, should Major League Baseball force the issue of playing in a bubble? You remember how quickly the whole, you know, Arizona bubble Major League Baseball plan was rejected? Major League Baseball should have forced the issue on this. Major League Baseball and the Baseball Players Association could not agree on whether to allow shoestrings or Velcro for cleats <laughs> leading up to the return of this season. They couldn't agree on a number of games. They couldn't agree on money. They couldn't agree on the postseason and how many games it should be. It's only because the owners forced the issue that we have a season at all. And then once we get started, nobody really is complaining about the fact that it's only 60 games anymore. We know that there's derision between the owners and the players, and that's going to show up again after next season when they have to negotiate a new collective bargaining agreement. But, I mean, this is revisionist history at its finest. Oh, it's the to same. go back and, and start asking the question, well, maybe they should have just done the whole play in a bubble thing. Yeah. But the players were not for that. So dropping the blame for that on Major League Baseball 
seems like you're just trying to write a story or a headline for the sake of writing a story or getting a headline. And it's the same people that said, how can we ask these athletes to leave their families and be in a bubble? And now it's, well, they should have gone in the bubble. And, you know, they're probably kicking themselves right now for not doing it because you had another round of testing in in the NHL who they're supposed to start, I think, tomorrow or Wednesday. Uh, Zero positives league-wide. NBA Out of 4,000 and something tests. Zero positives. Uh, the NBA so far has not had their bubble infiltrated, and according to things that I've read about the process there, it, they are as strict as possible. It's pretty remarkable how well-oiled of a machine it really is, but they haven't been infiltrated yet. Major League Soccer really struggled out of the gate. I mean, two teams had to not show up for a while. You had full team outbreaks. Now they're all good, so they're probably kicking themselves they didn't uh, they didn't do a bubble, but, I mean, somebody screwed up. I keep going back to that. It, it's not like their process is immoral or impossible to execute. You just have to have people willing to execute it, and they clearly did not at some point. I can't help but laugh that it's the Marlins. I mean, the worst <laughs> franchise of them all. Just, just screwing everybody over. Was it on purpose? We didn't want to go two and fifty-eight. But what the, the reaction? I mean, you you had people, and of course you did, because no matter what you're going to call for Major League Baseball to shut it all down. But that is absolutely not the answer, right? Right. What What if I said to you today is a really really good day for college football? That would be antithetical to every single thing you're reading from the national college football writers. Oh, college football season more in question than ever. What if I said, no, it's not? What if I said there's a professional sports league that has half of its teams every four days getting on airplanes and flying to another city, that they are playing games against each other, they have rules in place for social distancing that really aren't being followed, and it became evident that when you don't follow the rules... This thing can get bad. And yet they didn't shut the whole thing down. Now, could this get worse? Could the Marlins have spread it to the Phillies and the Phillies? Yeah, I mean, I guess. I guess that's possible. But Borky mentioned earlier, this is something that Major League Baseball had to plan for. What happens when a team gets an outbreak? What are you going to do? They're dealing with it. It's a great... The, Mar- the, the Marlins are staying put. The Orioles had already flown to Miami. Now they're going to fly back to Baltimore. The Marlins are figuring out who's got it, who doesn't. They're doing additional testing. They're going to quarantine the guys that have got it. They're not playing tomorrow. And because Baltimore came back home, uh, they're not playing today. And because Baltimore came back home, it tells you they're not going to play tomorrow either. So you take a couple of days... You figure out what you need to do. If the Marlins are able to get themselves right and put a team on the field that is not full of a bunch of COVID positives, then they start playing again. And the Marlins and the Orioles are going to have to play a couple of doubleheaders down the line to make up the games, to get to the same number of games. Or... They don't make them up. 
and we just operate off winning percentage as opposed to exact record, which ultimately is how we determine champions anyway. It's based on winning percentage as opposed to the games back column. Kind of all works the same way, but you get the idea. It's no different, hey, Dad, than when we're in an SEC baseball season and you've got 14 teams and 12 of the 14 teams or, or, or 10 of the 14 teams play 30 games. And two of those 14 play 29 games and you have two more that only get 28 games in. We don't go back and we don't shut the season down. We had a couple of rainouts that were mixed in. So what do we do? We use winning percentage. Sorry, it's not an equal number of games. Winning percentage will determine champions. Yeah, I don't have an issue with that whatsoever. I mean, if I think I think if you go back to the '81 strike season, that's what they did. They went by winning percentage. Now they did it a, kind of a weird way, but it was winning percentage in the end. I, I don't have any kind of issue with that. You know, they're, they're doing that in the NBA games. right now. So yeah. teams played an uneven amount of games, and so when it comes down to being that eighth seed, if you have an equal record. But played an imbalanced amount of games or, or whatever. Like if you're three games back and the other team's three games back, but their winning percentage is higher because they played more games, they get in instead of you. It's just kind of how it has to work. And you made a really good point about the travel. So how is college football going to do this? Because they're only going to have to travel four times. The NFL is only going to have to travel eight times. That's it. Major League Baseball is traveling eight times a month. It's a very different thing. Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Philip in Starkville says, first thing I said to someone that said this could kill football for the fall was you play one game a week and you're at home most of the week. If the rules set are followed, it's a totally different animal. They're going to have to get stricter. I mean, so the NFL released places that their players are not allowed to go. They're going to have to really be stricter on that and have really harsh punishments in place, like suspension for the season and salary reduction and things like that if you break their rules. I mean, you can ask NFL players, you can only go to your house in the practice facility. We will deliver you food. We'll get food to your place. We'll get your family taken care of. If you need something, we'll get it for you. But we're going to create a bubble without actually having to hold you up in a hotel somewhere. It's the house, and it's our facility. You can be with your family. You can be at home. Otherwise against the rules and they can do that I think the players might agree to it I saw a few of them allude to the fact that they're expecting a bubble to be proposed and they were okay with it as long as it meant they weren't stuck in a hotel in college football a college campus in and of itself is kind of a bubble now you've got 25,000 plus students there but you can keep your football players and you have to ignore optics but you can keep your football players where they live in your facility. You can try anyway, You can because you have to try to keep them in the dorm and at your facility and really go nowhere else. You can do all online early, football pl- learning. Football players do that anyway on a college campus. It's a very unique situation. Uh, pretty much every class is going to be like that this fall. Right, exactly. They're so, bringing college students back to campuses, but overwhelmingly... The classes are going to be online this fall. Yeah. And so when people say, well, how do you ask college athletes to be in a bubble? Well, you're asking the regular students to do that. They're not going to class. They're doing it all online. So as a football program, it's hard to enforce. There's 85 kids, and college kids are going to be college kids. But you say, you can be in the dorm. You can be in your classroom if you're asked to be in your classroom 
or you can be in our expansive facilities. We've got we've got study rooms, we've got locker rooms, we've got places to hang out, places to eat. You've got everything you need, but don't go anywhere else. And the optics stink, but who cares because you have to try. And that's the best way they can pull it off. Hey, Dan, they may try that. I don't see that particular idea being real successful. Be really tough for college. Really tough. For the pros, I wonder if they can, you know, fire release people with cause. You know, if you get if you can break the bubble, well, it's not really a bubble, but if you if you go out and you bring the, the virus in, can they just release you and not have to pay you? Conduct detrimental to the team? I don't know. Could the, could the NFL suspend you? Conduct detrimental to the team? Yeah, they've there already was, agreed to that in the new season. Yeah, there's already a, uh, a story that's out there today that says um, NFL can suspend guys without pay for engaging in risky behavior. Alan, that's going to happen. That, that's going to be what keeps people in line. You're right. Bunch more uh, ceasefire text messages to get to coming up. And what if we could mm, hold that thought? Tell you more when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. Nobody joining us today on the Farm Bureau phone line. Normally guests appear on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Hogman says he thinks he uh, that the... Um, player who got this thing started for Miami should be suspended from play for this small season with no pay. Joey and Madison wants to know if this is a Miami thing. Says G League for the Heat had to shut everything down for a lot of positive cases. Confused by that. The G League, they've shut it down for the year. Did so months ago. I don't know. I mean, it's almost like Miami's a party city. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, Jeff wants to know if we saw what Mike Ditka told TMZ Sports over the weekend. Yes, he had. Uh, he did not mince words with regard to his thoughts about what players who don't kneel for the national anthem should do. I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, "Go find another country to live in." Not even really paraphrasing that much. It's pretty much what he said. Yeah. I think there was a profanity or two that was mixed into whatever it was he said. But uh, Question, could a player like Tyler Keenan make his MLB debut this season because of COVID? Only if he was part of the 60-man roster that the team that drafted him put together. And... I don't know if he was or not. So yeah, you'd have to be part of the sixty man to be able to call be called up this year. King Biscuit says the food is good. Please, I think that was in reference to Magic City. I mean, it might be good. Mike, I wouldn't know. Mike points out uh, the Vikings, uh, Minnesota Vikings infection control officer is positive for COVID nineteen. Saw that news earlier today. Touch of irony. You know, really want to know what the, what the effects are. Speaking of, uh, local it's like a method news. actor. Chat working. 
local news regarding the NFL and COVID testing. Benito Jones is one of the Miami Dolphins that has been placed on coronavirus injured reserve. So upon arrival, he tested positive. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. There was somebody that pointed out that Ozzie Smith began his career with the San Diego Padres, and that we did not mention that when we were mentioning the greatness that is the San Diego franchise through the years. It was Ken and Eupora. boy, Ken. Thanks. Uh, somebody says, what is a bubble? So, they... When we reference the NBA, they have taken every team, uh, personnel, like trainer and stuff, and coach, and put them in a section of Disney World that nobody else besides them can go to. Everybody inside of that section is tested every single day for coronavirus on top of having to wear masks at all times in public, among other things. And so what they've determined is keeping everybody positive in and nobody from the outside world is allowed to infiltrate it unless they've been tested for multiple days leading up to their entrance into the bubble, that they've created a a wall around these guys where the coronavirus cannot possibly get in if they all stay within the confines of the location they've been given. Did you guys like the the movie Armageddon? I can't help but think of Dwight when when you Dwight cried when we watched Armageddon. Go ahead though. Did you like the movie? It's all right. I'm, I'm more of a deep impact guy. Do you do you think it's realistic? No. Shipping drilling equipment to an asteroid no. that's spiraling toward the Earth to drill and blow it into smithereens. The the, the unrealistic part is that they couldn't just teach the astronauts to drill. I don't know, man. Bruce Willis and his boys were about the best there is. I, I get that, but come on. 16 Psyche. One of the largest asteroids in the asteroid belt. Apparently, this is according to Uberfax, contains enough gold to give $93 billion to everyone on the planet. I love gold. At current prices, the minerals in the asteroid are estimated to be worth $700 quintillion. Now, all the smart guys in the the uh, Twitter thread immediately pointed out that if you brought that much gold to the Earth, it would be completely devalued to the point of basically being like sand. But, I mean, who really wants to hear from no fun guy? All we got to do is send Bruce Willis... And his crew, to 16 site, get them to start drilling. All they want is not to ever have to ever pay taxes again. And have that little issue go away. You know, that little issue. New poverty limit would be like $90 billion. Sports Talk Mississippi. With you Monday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad, thank you for being with us. We want your winners and losers from the weekend. You can text them to us 
at C Spy. Uh, I'm sorry, on the C Spire text line 601 879 4395. Again, 601 879 4395. Be honest, you know your business deserves better, so get better with a C Spire business internet and phone bundle backed by real support. The IT experts at C Spire equip your organization with reliable, high speed internet and industry leading VoIP phone systems plus 24-7 local support so you can focus on your goals. They've got connectivity covered. See how C Spire can power your success today at cspire.com slash business. Time right now for winners and losers. All I, all I, all I, all I We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. Winner never win. And a winner never quit. I don't know how long it's going to last. Hopefully it lasts the entire 60 games and we get the playoffs and we get a World Series. I don't care if anybody calls it legitimate. I don't care if somebody wants to refer to it as a three-eighths world championship. Call it what you will. It is baseball, and it was super fun to watch this weekend. And so actually having baseball back leads my winner's list. I have a massive loser coming up. I just don't know who it is. I'll explain in uh, in a couple of minutes. Borky, give me a winner. Lauren Duvernay-Tardif. Okay. Well done, MD. Nailed it. Um, he's a Super Bowl winning offensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs, and he has opted out of playing this season in the NFL. And you may be thinking, why does that make him a winner? It's the reason why. He is a doctor. He's a medical school graduate. And since the pandemic broke out, he has been working at a, an extended care facility, I believe in Canada. Yep. Uh, Montreal. And has decided, instead of making millions of dollars and playing football this year, he is going to stay at that long-term care facility and continue working on patients that are dealing with coronavirus. And, and it's the most susceptible kind of patients as well. So, uh, personal sacrifice to do something good puts you on the winner's list. Blame Canada. Blame Canada. That's a throwback Sorry. right there, man. Mm, going way back. Hey, Dad, give me a winner. You got me, Borky? One second. I forgot until you just reminded me. Why are you not ready for these things? I forgot. I forgot you wanted me to do this. Any second now, it's going to happen. It's coming. Don't worry. That's right. The Mighty Blues. Chelsea. Is that Liverpool's theme song? No. Into the Champions League for the second straight year. Very good news if you are a Chelsea fan. Man United made it as well. Uh, Live it. What is that music? It is the Champions League theme song. Like, is that what they play when it comes on television? That's what they play when the teams are on the field. Sounds like Grandma and Grandpa's Christmas CD. That's terrible. Nobody kneels during the uh, the Champions League song, to my knowledge. That's terrible that that's the Champions League music. Why is that terrible? It's getting to the, I mean, getting to the best part. Sounds like with me. we're Ready? about to hit the climax of a Lord of the Rings movie. 
the champions. Yeah, there was another song that would have fit a little bit better. What's that? We are the champions. Yes, we are the champions. Well, you got to pay. You got to pay copyright for that. Freddie Mercury, not Adam Lambert, live from Wembley. Farmer Chelsea in the Champions League. That's my winner. And wouldn't it really make sense for Queen's version of "We're the Champions" to be used for the Champions League? Well, a you have to pay the copyright on that. I mean, it's probably expensive instead of writing your own song. And B, I mean, it's not just teams from England in there. Based on what I just heard, it would have been worth spending the money, friend. Same. Yeah. So, uh, congratulations on finishing what? Second? Third? Uh, fourth. Fourth? Oh, yeah. yeah. Great. Woohoo! They get we'll fourth place it. trophies in the uh, EPL? No, but if they win next week, they'll get the FA Cup trophy, so that'll be nice. Yeah. Let's have a party. My team finished in fourth. Yeah. Playing in the Champions League. That's all that matters. Getting I think that Liverpool, by the way, check. had 32 wins, which was uh, tied for the most all-time. Yeah, they played well. Yeah. Good team. Chelsea will be right up there with them next year with all the additions they're making. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Let's talk about next Good. year. I thought we were just celebrating fourth place. We're already talking about next year? The season's over. What do you want me to do? Is the the new season starts up September twelfth? Any other winners, by the way? I think that about covers it. Um, I mean, it was going to be baseball until everything happened today. Well, Zion Just returned to, to the Bumble. Uh, look out, That's Lakers! Crazy. All right, I got a loser for you. We have um, all of us have received those phone calls on our on our cellular devices. From Z Spire, where a local cell number pops up, right? And you're like, ah, you know what? I need to answer it. So you answer it. Hello, your auto warranty is expiring or whatever. This is your final warning. You know what I'm talking about, right? The ones where they yep. have hijacked yeah. local cell numbers so that you're more likely to answer it as opposed to unlisted, unknown, blocked, 888, fill in the blank. This weekend, yesterday to be specific, I was on the opposite end of that. I didn't receive a phone call. I started receiving phone calls from numbers that looked very much like mine. About 50 of them between 3 o'clock or so yesterday afternoon and about 11 o'clock last night. Not to mention a handful of text messages. My phone number was uh, cloned and was was the number that popped up on other people's screen when they were getting those calls. Apparently, the Cash App, uh, their Cash App subscription or activation had called and they needed to return a call to my number immediately. So my cell number popped up on their screen and then they were supposed to call it back. And I got legitimately, not lying, not exaggerating, 50 calls yesterday. Here's the thing, though. You like this, hey, Dad? You're amused by this? Yes, yes Are you funny. responsible for this, by the way? No, I would never do that to you. So here's the I'm crazy thing. Enough either. The numbers were all within 
a few digits of what my number was. I'm not going to give out my cell number. I might as well at this point. But 662 Oxford prefix and then one of the 1,000s. Like it's a, a, like 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, That's my number. And so the calls that started coming in started at 1,000 with the same prefix as mine. And by 11 o'clock last night, they had worked their way up. I guess they, they, it was like an auto dialer that sequentially we had gotten up into the 6,000s. Like you can look at the timestamp on the missed calls on my phone last night, and you can see every you know 45 minutes to an hour, they would get 1,000 numbers higher into this sequence. I, I called our good friends at C Spire last night, and I talked to uh, a really nice lady about 9 o'clock last night, and she's like, that is awful. There's absolutely nothing we can do about that. I was like, great, thanks. She's like, if you wanted to look into it, we could see about changing your number. Like, yeah, don't really want to do that. Had, had this number about almost 20 years, don't really want to change my number. So we'll see how it goes from here. What are you thinking, hey, Dad? Uh, I'm trying to. It's it's not it's not that. I'm just trying to figure out who this person is that's basically threatening you here on the top, on the uh, text line. Yeah, he's an interesting cat. He's done it. I, I don't know a lot. what's going on here. Uh, let's see here. Hey, Richard, I'm sitting at my local Keith Superstore, and every time I hear y'all's senseless rambling, it reminds me of my annoying neighbor Rob. Don't think I don't know. I'm coming for you, Richard. I'm only getting closer. Okay. You better come strong when you come, buddy. What is happening right now? Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. We'll be right back. Eastbound text line. Tell Richard I said, ask him just how big a fella are you. Ethan Vaden says the only place I've seen Keith stores are around Hattiesburg. Caleb sent us a great gift from uh, Happy Gilmore, the big guy. Yeah, and you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. What a weird situation. We got Oneet. Richard has a fan. Kelso in Ocean Springs. Been a while since we've heard from Kelso. Hopefully you're not going to be busy soon. The whole hurricane in the Atlantic thing, eh, can do without that. Kelso says, uh-oh, Richard has been deemed not conservative enough, and now he's on the list with Biden and AOC. You fit in well with those two. Yeah. Spence says, I literally just spit my beer out. Good for you at 420 on a Monday afternoon. Richard said, you better come strong when you come, buddy. Again, this is why I love this show. Richard and Wiggins says, uh, give him my number, I'm bored. And references the Castle Doctrine. Jason and Flagstaff says, we should turn that over to the cops. That's a terrorist, Cross. Eh. I just blocked him instead. He started that while you were gone. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, he decided to come at you when you weren't here to defend yourself if you need to know what kind of guy it is. And then, look, I remember, was it last Thursday when we were doing the Radiothon, 
he sent one in like right. It's right here on uh, I forget where the yeah Thursday. And I remember you. I, I popped up and I'm looking at it. and I looked up at you and your eyes got big and you were reading it. But because we were doing the radiothon, you didn't want to bring that up. I mean that's that's we needed to stay on track. But I saw it then and then he came back today. So don't know what the deal is there. Yeah. Jason's mad at me for not getting his number. Jason, number I'm right here. I'm, I'm, oh, have you still got it? Well, yeah, yeah it's, on the, it's, on the, it's on the voice. Oh. It's on the, the text line. Yeah. Oh, so it only blocked on my screen? Yep. Oh, oh I yeah, thought yeah. I like deleted him from the entire well, database. So I think that it permanently does that, but it takes ours a little while to catch up. Like your screen is not the same as our screen, but if we like closed it down and reopened it, he would be gone. I got you. Well, if y'all want to get the number, feel free, whatever. Some guy says, hey, idiot, if you don't like what you hear, turn the radio station. Problem solved. It's amazing <laughs> how, how simple of a concept that is. But I, I guess, you know, people like us so much, no matter how bad they hate you, they still want to listen? I don't know. Vance on the coast says, guys, don't respond to these keyboard, uh, keyboard cowboys. Pass it on to the AHJ. Who's that? A-H-J, in your community. And Richard, we've got your back. Don't always agree with you, but got your back. Thanks, Vance. Oh, man. The authority having jurisdiction. It's oh, just, uh, there you go. So the police, basically. Thomas and Greenwood says, so I've been replaced as crazy guy on the text line. We need some of your winners and losers. Never mind threats to me on the air. I got a loser. Tell it. We're going back to the same team, though. Uh, I, you're going to love this name. Are you ready? Kepa Arizabalaga, who is uh, mm-hmm. Chelsea's number one goalkeeper, or had been for most of the year, put on the bench for the final game that's, that Chelsea had to have to win. Two years ago, he was the most expensive, or he still is, the most expensive goalkeeper in the history of the sport. An $88 million transfer to bring him to uh, to London. And now, it looks like he's he'll be packing his bags at the end of the season. Well, bags. Bye. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's got to be that way. Man, I saw the refrigerator Perry in an airport one time, speaking of expensive bags, and head-to-toe, hat, jumpsuit, Louis Vuitton. He had somebody behind him dragging his bags with him, and it was like six different bags, all of which were Louis Vuitton, and he had two security guards, both of which he was bigger than, walking through the airport in Atlanta. Who is this again? The fridge. Oh. Yeah. I mean, he's still big, or was at the time, but he had two security guards, and they were smaller than he was. Like, man, you don't have to worry about anybody hurting this guy, but yeah, head-to-toe Louis Vuitton, every bag that was being dragged behind him by somebody else, all Louis Vuitton, and two security guards. Well, of course they were smaller than him. I mean, unless he had Andre the Giant, they were going to be smaller than him at the time. <laughs> Rest his soul. Ceasefire text line, what I get for tuning in late? I don't have a clue what's going on right now. Ah, nothing's going on. Some uh, some some tough guy on the text line was... I, was he threatening me? You, you guys were like more worried about that than I was. Oh, no, he's well, been he doing it for a few days. He said he's coming for you. That's a threat. I'm more oh, yeah. worried about the grocery store he claims he's inside of right now. Yeah, ripping the hinges <laughs> off the bathroom door or something. Yeah. He's a voyeur on top of everything else. Is that a boy? 
You guys got real <laughs> problems. Real problems. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Some guy threatened me or said he was coming for me or something. All right. He's coming uh, for you. There's another there winner, you. by the way, speaking of you getting these phone calls. It was in Australia, but a buddy of mine sent it to me this morning. A news story where um, a guy broke up with his girlfriend, or his girlfriend broke up with him, and he did not take it too well to where he made signs that he hung on fence posts all around the city. A Chewbacca contest. Call this number. The best Chewbacca sound will win $100. And she, on this new story, she holds up her voicemail and just starts hitting play. And you hear nothing but guys yelling Chewbacca sounds into the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Hundreds of messages she got because her ex-boyfriend put ads out there. Now that is high quality pranking right there. That's that's well pretty done. good. I I can't uh, I can't speak against that. Is trade wins still a thing? Like where you you know you go and you post, you know, like the magazine you used to get at the when you would check out at oh, the gas yeah, station yeah, yeah. or whatever. Like you know, it's like a dollar. It was got, it's yeah, the got a local ads. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I had some friends. You know, everybody's gotten the. Hey, I got your number from this guy, from like a financial advisor or somebody that's trying to get started in the insurance business or whatever. And they're like, if we could just sit down and talk for a little while. So I had a buddy who had someone do that to him. And he's like, okay, if that's how you want to play this game. And in the local trade wins with the other buddy's cell number was uh, free lab puppies to a good home with his cell number. And then the following week, it was uh, free goats. You just have to come and pick them up. And then the following week, it was uh, used Harley-Davidson parts cheap. Just call, fill in the blank. <laughs> that ultimately to, uh, had to change his number. That happened to our, our friend Ben Garrett of the Ole Miss Spirit. Somebody put his number on Craigslist for uh, free baby goats. Really? Changes no- yeah. Was it you? It was not me. I, 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 it was not me. I might have laughed, but it wasn't me. I feel like we might have planted some seeds of ideas. Don't tell anybody your phone number is what we're trying to tell you. Oh, wait. Did you guys get that phone number? Oh, my gosh. Should we do I've got that? it right here, yeah. Be sure you keep that number after all, boys. <laughs> it's cat facts time. Let's go. <sighs> Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395 again 601-879-4395 if you want to be a part of the conversation we would love to have uh, you be a part of the show Greg and Jackson suggest that we actually give the number out <laughs> we probably out. get sued for that though. yeah That's I don't pro- think that, we can that, do that that feels like a bad idea yeah yeah um Remember back in the day when uh, Scary Gary and Bob and occasionally JT hosted the Swap Shop? That was some. That was some radio. And Gary was he, Scary Gary was the key to Swap Shop working on Super Talk because he knew a little bit about everything. And somebody would call in and say, "I got a washing machine for sale." What kind of why? It's a whirlpool. Is it one with the agitator? I mean, Gary knew all the questions 
knew all the questions to ask, and he could keep the swap shop going. Let's we'll ask him about that next time we have Gary on to talk NASCAR. When is NASCAR doing their thing again? Didn't they take a little break after the uh, All Star race? No idea. Before they, before they get into the, Adam. I have not seen. Speaking of that uh, All Star race, nothing as far as outbreak or anything dating back to the fans that showed up to that race. That's, That's good. good news then. Yeah. We will climb back into the sports news in just a couple of minutes. Those are your winners and losers from the weekend. Yeah, next race is August 2nd. Okay. We got a uh, text message winner, the name of the Seattle NHL expansion franchise, the Kraken. Logos are incredible. Ordered my NHL preseason. Did you really? Yeah. There we go. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. You can accuse me of being glass half full if you'd like. Um, I'll wear that badge. We were talking about it earlier. I said it's possible that this was a good day for college football. Now, we've got to see how far things go in Major League Baseball, but to have a bit of an outbreak with one team, to not shut your season down, to manage it the way you had planned to manage it when the inevitable happened, if we're able to look up a few days from now or a week from now or certainly two weeks from now and see that they weathered the, the COVID storm outbreak on one particular team and they were, to, were able to keep the, the league going, Major League Baseball, that is, then that could be a really good sign for college football that, yeah, there's likely going to be an outbreak, maybe multiple outbreaks on different teams along the way, but you don't have to shut it all down. And that's one of the things that everybody's been asking today. Well, what does this mean for college football? Will what happened in Miami with the Marlins affect college football? Bob Bowlesby's answer was no. He was con- That's the commissioner of the Big 12. He was contacted by the Des Moines Register after the Marlins canceled Monday night's game, and he, went, and he said, if we are advised that it is okay to play the season, we should all expect that there will be such disruptions. Don't level-headed responses make you feel good? Maybe we do have uh, leaders in charge after all. I did find it interesting what that league is doing, and when you juxtapose it with the reporting about the ACC, it kind of puts the SEC in this weird middle ground. Oklahoma and Kansas are the only two I've seen so far, I expect more to follow, have actually moved their season up a week. We'll start in what is called week zero, and the explanation, the direct explanation was, if we stretch our season out longer, we have built-in time in case there's something goes wrong. Uh, their first three games are over a five-week period. So that helps in case you know they do have a season opener and a couple players have coronavirus. They have two weeks to get back to full strength. They're, they're building that into their schedule. Now, the ACC on the other side of things, the reporting is, nothing confirmed or official, that they're looking to move the season back. And now if you're the SEC, what do you do? 
Because if the Big 12 starting earlier and the ACC starting later, and you want to preserve those big games you have against both of those leagues, you know, what do you do? So Joe Castiglione, who's the AD at Oklahoma, made the announcement that Oklahoma will play Missouri State in Norman on August 29th, a week earlier than scheduled. The NCAA approved a, uh, approved a waiver request from both schools to change the game date to allow them, as Borky was saying, more schedule flexibility in addressing potential issues related to COVID-19. Castiglione said this, if the season is indeed permitted to start as scheduled, The benefit of extra time between games will help our teams manage any variety of possible circumstances that may occur. Our original schedule had an open date between the second and third games, so now we will have a span of five weeks to play three games. Provides us a more gradual approach to safely manage the conditions of these unprecedented times. We're thankful to Missouri State for their cooperation. So which is more important? Three weeks to play five games, building in some extra time and starting the season earlier. That's something that Clay Travis has been advocating for. That's something that a lot of people have advocated for, that it makes more sense to start it earlier rather than waiting longer. Or do you prefer the idea of, no, let's push it back a little bit and give ourselves a little more time to maybe see numbers go down? I mean, we're not pushing it back to see if we can get a vaccine in place by October 1st, and that's not what the deal is here you're pushing it back, you're trying to see if regionally or nationally we can get a little better hold on what's going on, get a little more control of the virus, and see the hospital numbers go down. Also gives you more time with students, even though the campus won't run as normal, with students in town as well. And I saw somebody make a good point when it comes to playing football. I mean, yes, it's college towns and it's college kids, and they're going to do what college kids ultimately do. But when it comes to football teams and like the availability of things to go do to get themselves in trouble, you look at these local cities, and it's a lot of places where nightclubs aren't open past 10 o'clock, where bars aren't open past 10 o'clock. There's not a whole lot to to do if local restrictions remain in place during the season. I don't know how much that helps or not, but if you're worried about the Saints getting coronavirus and all of the local clubs down there are closed by 10 o'clock, maybe that helps some. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know but, what it is in Starkville. I know in Oxford, bars have to be closed by 10. They had pushed that restriction back to where they could stay open later, and then they moved it forward again. I think it's something similar to that. I haven't been out, so. Yeah, I mean, I've I mean, gone to dinner several times, but have not been out to a bar or tried to go to one at 11 o'clock at night or anything. Um, of course, the flip side of this is you got a bunch of business owners that pay, and I, I'm only talking about in Oxford. I'm sure it's comparable in Starkville and other college towns that play pay premium rents, like ridiculously expensive rents to be on the square, downtown, in the Cotton District, on Hardy Street. 
They pay more for those locations because that's where people go. And everybody's okay with the rents being high. I mean, business owners would prefer they not be high. But when everything's rolling and your bars and restaurants and businesses that are paying these exorbitant rents are making money and generating tax dollars, everybody's one big happy family. How are people going to continue to pay outsized rents if they can't be open for the hours that their business plan allows them to be able to do that? How's that going to work? And then what's the these municipalities going to do when these people that depend so much on those hours cannot operate on those hours and then close down? I think that's a reasonable question. I have one occasionally. I think that's a question that I got plenty of friends and a wife. Although her business is not affected by the operational hours. Right. I got plenty of friends that own restaurants and bars in and around Oxford. They're going... I can't operate at 50% capacity for much longer and still pay that rent. We're, we're getting close to, to a breaking point for a lot of things. Yes. That's a really good point, hey, Dad. That, you know, we, we, we are, we're close to, if, if things don't start to change for the better, we're going to enter into a, a long, long period of businesses. Clo- I mean, I don't, I don't want to use the word depression, but people are going to you know start closing businesses, losing jobs, and things of that nature. Yeah. PPP money's run out for most everybody. That, that you know they got those loans, and they weren't enough to begin with for most people anyway. No, I mean they helped. We've got, you know, the CARES Act money that was grants for small businesses across the state that, to the best of my knowledge, hasn't been distributed yet and will be, and that will help. Yet other loan programs that were in place that were secured by the federal government through the SBA, those are coming in, and those help. She can't, I, I, I mean... And there's, there's, a, there's a bill being pushed into Congress, I think, by Roger Wicker, and I, I don't know who the other... Senator is. It's a Democrat from Oregon, so it's a, a bipartisan bill. But basically, it's I think the like the working title is the Save Our Restaurants Act, and they're they're going to try to pump some money into that industry. It's good, yeah. Um, that. <sighs> uh, Hey Dan, I think you made a really good point when you said we're we're, we're closing in on a breaking point. And we're at four months, four and a half months now. People say, "Well, if we had just done what we needed to do in the first place, we wouldn't be." Stop it! Just stop it. People did what they thought was the best to, to, to yeah. Municipal leaders, state leaders, federal leaders. 
They've done what they thought was best to try and balance a global pandemic with what was a thriving economy. And the we've all got to lock up and stay at home measures haven't exactly shut the virus down. But they have irreparably harmed some businesses. And there are a few others that are hanging on by a thread. Sports Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Monday afternoon. So I don't know if we ever actually got around to asking, uh, answering the question that Borky said, which is the right way to go? Moving up the way Oklahoma is to play a week zero game, try and get a jump start on a season that probably is going to have some sort of disruption, or pushing back and waiting a little longer, maybe getting over to, oh, I don't know, September 19th. Maybe you go all the way to September 26th. Is it naive to think that the numbers are going to be better by late September? Possibly, but uh, you did see um, a couple of states that have had significant outbreaks lately have seemingly reached some kind of plateau over the last few days. So maybe Florida Florida being one of them. Uh, Arizona, I think, was another one. Uh, yeah, so maybe we're headed in the right direction with mask mandates and and stuff like that. I, I think it, part of the reason why I, I support the moving the season back idea is because I think they shouldn't be afraid of playing in December and January. This is is such a unique year. Uh, there are, are probably going to be group of five teams in conferences that don't play. At least it's possible. So don't worry about bowl games. Don't worry about anything like that. Don't constrict yourself to ending your season in November. It's a unique year, so be unique about it. Extend your season if you have to into December, into January, just to give yourself enough time to, to get it in. It's not. We don't need football to happen from August to November. We just need it to happen. Even if it's a little elongated and a little delayed, that's better than having a season that you know you're three weeks in and it has to get cut short or cut off altogether because it wasn't done correctly. Give yourself more time. Build in quarantine periods, bye weeks. Have four of them if you need to to get it done. And don't be afraid about playing in December because the college football playoff as it currently exists, I mean, we'd be lucky if we get it. Bowl games, you don't even have to worry about. Just forget it because they're not going to look the same. Get your season in and worry about everything else after that. Hey, Dad. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would be in favor right now if, if you're a school that, that thinks you can pull it off, if moving games up, moving games back. You gotta, you gotta do what you've got to do at this point. And if you could, if you're Mississippi State and you're thinking, maybe we should play Tulane August 29th, can we make that happen? And then well, that gives us, you know, the New Mexico game is probably going to get canceled, right? And if the ACC shuts down conference play, goes to only conference play. Well, then you've got a two-week buffer before the Arkansas game. So can you make that? And then after that, you've got you know a buffer before. You, you've got some some wiggle room there. So moving games up, moving games back, I don't really care which one it is, but we're getting to the point where you got to start making those decisions. Of course, we know the SEC is supposed to make some sort of announcement this week. You, Richard, you said you don't think it's going to be the end-all, be-all announcement. There is going to be some sort of announcement, though, 
and we'll see where that takes us. Well, we, we think there is. I mean, Greg Sankey said that they would like to have progress made by the end of July, and we're closing in on the end of July. We're, we're at the 27th. And so that would lead you to believe that there's something that comes this week. But what if what if you just did this? And I know, I, I mean, look, I know throwing plans out there. What if you just started September 26th? So the last Saturday in September, you played all five Saturdays in October, and you used the, you know, the four Saturdays in November. That's ten. And then you just put on hold December fifth and December twelfth as as makeup Saturdays, so that you know you, you play a ten game season, and then you got two weeks at the end of the year where you can roll around, and if you need to make up a game, you can. I mean, put three use three weeks if you need to at the end of the year, so that you've got some flexibility in rescheduling games. Get everybody as close to ten games as you can, and then skip the next week, and then play your conference championship game on January second. It's just, and then if there the needs to be a college to be. football playoff, yeah. play it. You know, two weeks later or a week later, whatever. It, it's all about flexibility. It's all about finding ways to get these games in. And honestly, Richard, it might come into, you might not be able to play a game on a Saturday. The SEC might see a game on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Just They've got, if they want to play the games, they're going to have to be open to every solution. And if that solution is we're playing on Wednesday, well, I mean, they weren't. They probably weren't going to have a whole ton of fans in the stadium anyway, if any. What difference does it make? What do you think the appropriate timeline to make a decision is like not not when do you think they will announce it but if you were in greg sankey's position when would your final day be where okay we've got to make a call about the season and what we do on or by this day middle of august yeah that that's the drop dead date is in the middle of august and you know what's got to happen you got to have the president's be willing to wear the burden of risk. Not even about ADs and coaches. It's about the president saying, we know we may take a little bit of a black eye in the media. By gosh, we're playing football. There's your college football song. Jump around just a little bit. We jump into the 5 o'clock hour on this Monday. Do it six feet apart, though. Yep. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky. Good to be with you. Ceasefire text line is open 601-879-4395. Want more fast and less furious? Switch to Gigabit Ceasefire Fiber and see what real internet looks like. No data caps, no long-term contracts, no cancellation fees. Learn more at ceasefire.com/fiber. Orky, you know what I did this morning? Got up really, really early. Had to get up early so I knew that I could uh, be back home by lunchtime and have time to get ready for the show and all that good stuff. Uh, Mossy Oak for the first time. Have you played it? You you told me you have, hadn't you? No. I was thinking that was one that you had played that I had not. First time I've ever... My my list of golf courses that I've played that you have not is probably non-existent. 
Maybe not in the Jackson area. Um, you we saw it last year when we were in yeah, West Point. man, and and there was like this weird fog over the course too. It looked incredible on the way in. No fog this morning. That burned off about oh four a.m. or so <laughs> before it the was sun comes hot. Up. That is a cool. That's a cool golf course. I mean, it's probably the only link style golf course in Mississippi. Yeah, it was kind of George Bryan's dream to to bring a link style course to Mississippi, and it's so incredibly different. You know what else it is? It is hard. <laughs> oh goodness. Oh, we got to do that one. Yes, we do. We'll, 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 I got to we'll practice tr- a lot before we do, but yes, we do. I don't know. I, I think I'd rather you just see it blind and not having practiced in a while. It might make me feel a little bit uh, feel a little bit better. Well, it's lit, anyway. so it won't be spraying it everywhere. That's the thing with these southern golf courses, man. Is it, they're tree lined, and if you're not good with the the driver, like I haven't been the last couple of years, that, that's where I get into trouble. Links, I'd probably be fine. Yeah, that's the that's the crazy thing about how a golf course like that can be so difficult. Is the fairways are wide open. I mean. You, you you really unless you just hit it really bad, you, you don't get in much trouble off the tee. But I don't know. There's so much elevation change and undulation and well anyway. Um, if you're a golfer in Mississippi, I would encourage you to put that one on your list at some point along the way. I don't think that would be like. I don't think it's the course that I would want to play every day. But at the same time, I can't wait to play it again because I don't think there's another course in Mississippi that's got as many blind shots as that does. You know, not not blind in the sense where you've got no idea, but like blind in the sense where you can only see the very tip top of the flag with your approach shot. Yeah. Really challenging. Need some but, local knowledge is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would like to think that playing it a second time would make a difference in my score. Hey, we'll see. All right, here we go. College football fix. Let's do it. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. 43 straight years, F-150, best-selling truck in America. I mentioned this at the top of the show. We'll circle back to it now. This certainly does not qualify as good news for the Ole Miss football program. Ole Miss linebacker Sam Williams has been suspended indefinitely by the school after an arrest on a felony sexual battery charge. Williams, who is a senior, uh, was booked into the Lafayette County Detention Center on Friday morning at 9.30 a.m. He was released at 2.42 p.m. on a $25,000 bond, according to the Oxford Eagle. Statement from Ole Miss, we have suspended Sam Williams indefinitely from all team activities. We take these charges very seriously and will allow the legal system to run its course before making further determinations on his status in our program. Uh, No further specifics have been been mentioned or have been reported on that I've been able to see. I've not been able to find out any more information beyond just kind of that statement and the 
is it a booking notice you call it, or you yeah. can you can you can find online and kind of see the booking details. Um, Sam Williams last year, thirty-seven tackles, nine and a half tackles for loss, team high six sacks. He had six tackles and a sack against uh, Mississippi State in the final game of the uh, regular season last year. Came to Ole Miss after a couple of years at uh, Northeast Mississippi Community College. Let's do this in in two parts, football only. Let's just, let's just start with the football side of this. Huge deal for Ole Miss defensively. Is that their best player in your opinion? I think so. I mean, I, I, I probably not most productive if Momo Sonogo is healthy. Right. Here's so, another way to look at it: maybe most important, considering depth and lack thereof on the defensive line. Yeah, and and he was kind of one of those hybrid guys, right? I mean, could list him as a linebacker, but also would be classified as an edge rusher. Yeah, he beefed up into the 270s, too, this offseason, so would have been more of a true defensive end. Um, So, yeah, I mean, hey, Dad, if not the best, certainly... Or, or if not the most important, certainly one of the most important players on the defensive side for Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. And we don't know where this goes. I mean, obviously Sam Williams has gotten an attorney and I, I'm sure would will we'll try to fight these charges. He said on Twitter today, it got sent to me in a group message, that he intends to join the team soon. So if nothing else, he's confident online that he will be exonerated in one way or or another. But if that does not happen, it is a big loss. You said you've asked around. I have too, and you're far more connected than I am, I'm sure, around there. But, man, it's really tough. I don't know about you, and I'm sure you've got a lot more than me as well, but when people ask if certain rumors, particular rumors, are true, and there's no way of knowing. We're not going to get it on record to begin with. But how does information like that just spread the way it does? And I said on the podcast this morning, and it gets attached to people that don't say it. For example, on Sunday morning, I got a message from a buddy, or was it Saturday night? I don't remember exactly when. But it said, I saw on Neil McCready's message board, this is what happened. But it's not he that said it. So his name gets attached to this this rumor about what happened, and it may or may not be true, and there's no way to verify it, but now uh, this poor guy that runs the message board has his name attached to something that he didn't even say. I couldn't imagine, but, I mean, I've gotten a dozen or so texts asking me what happened or asking if this rumor is true, and uh, where does this stuff come from? Because it's all different. Well, to, to me, when you're talking about a sexual assault case, or a sexual battery case. And there is a difference in the two. I, I'm not going to try and... I, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a law enforcement person. I don't necessarily want to try to delineate between those two. But when you're talking about sexual battery or sexual assault, it is extremely sad regardless of the outcome. If the charges are true if indeed there was a crime that was committed, then it is unbelievably sad for the victim because there's just no place 
in our society. No gray area. There's no place for sexual assault, sexual battery. If the charges are false, then it is incredibly sad for the person who was falsely accused because it is almost impossible to ever clear your name. I mean, you you can have your name cleared legally, but in terms of reputation, regardless of the outcome going forward, that will always be attached to you in in one way or another. And, and, And so there's no getting around that it's sad. It's also extremely serious. And I think the statement that you got from Ole Miss says exactly how, uh, uh, to, to their credit, whether it's Lane Kiffin or Keith Carter or Glenn Boyce, who said this is the statement we're putting out. Sam Williams has been suspended indefinitely from all team activities. We take these charges very seriously and will allow the legal system to run its course before making further determinations on his status in our program. And that was an immediate response as soon as they were asked for a statement. So they handled it right. Ceasefire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. We've got more coming up with you. That's your college football fix driven by Ford. So I gave this some thought. I, I thought about it a little bit already and gave it a little more thought during the break. Um... I, I do think it's important to delineate between sexual assault and sexual battery. The charges against Sam Williams that we mentioned a second ago that we've talked about and you may have read about were for felony sexual battery. And... I hope you can go along with with what I'm saying here and and at least understand my reasoning. I I think because of the diversity of this audience, let's just leave it at there is a difference in those two charges. And if you are curious as to the difference in the state of Mississippi, a simple Google search, if you will Google sexual battery Mississippi, sexual assault Mississippi, you can read the difference in those sets of charges. Um, When you are dealing with sexual battery, and this is such an incredibly sensitive topic or subject matter, without knowing the details of the specific charges beyond just what they are called and what happened, it's really impossible to know what the circumstances were. And sometimes sexual battery can be identified after the fact when it wasn't, at the time, thought to be such. 
And I'll just kind of leave it there. If, if you want to kind of dive into that and try and figure out what that means on your own, you're, you're welcome to do so. And I'm sure they're, you know, it, 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 am I being too vague when I say all those things? Is that a fair enough way to kind of couch this? Because no. it feels like this is a, a it feels like this is something we got to be really delicate with. Yeah, no, you're, you're not being too vague. This is this is what you have to do when it comes to something like this. Speculation is not something that we can do when it's a charge of this nature. We just simply can't do it. Okay. So, I, I mean, you're doing the best you can. We have very minimal information, so this is how we have to approach it. Hey, Dad, you in agreement? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Um, you can text the show, ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. We get a text that says Mississippi Code has a statute to cover everything with proper evidence. Um, King Biscuit says if an accusation is made, one of the first steps is the arrest. And Jason says, if charges are anywhere near true, then it will be bad news. I mean, the decision's quite simple for Ole Miss if the facts come out. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a it's a very cut and dry decision it, once more information is learned one way or the other. I mean, you are presumed innocent until proven guilty. And he should be given uh, that respect. But if information comes out, it's a very easy decision to make. You get a message that says you guys are getting way out of your league on this one. No, I'm, uh, we're trying not to get out of our league on this one. That, that's the point. I, I think we just kind of presented the information that's out there and kind of gave you some resources for if you want to dig a little bit into more into the meanings, you can do so. And that's probably as far as we're going to go because we don't want to get out of our league. That guy says we're also not doctors. We're not doctors. We're not lawyers. Sorry. Fact and fact. Um, Got a message here that says, After Duke lacrosse, I learned to withhold an opinion until the end. That's Graham from Jacinto. There was a Yale basketball player most recently that I can remember that also got removed from his team and kicked out of school, and neither of those things should have happened in, in hindsight. So it's it's out there, and that's why, again, the presumption of innocence is important uh, because there have been cases, especially with athletes, where an accusation has been made that is not true. Don't know if that's happening in this case or not, but that's why we're being as delicate as we are. How about some college football news? Do you remember the University of Houston last year? I remember them many years, yeah. Uh, Four games into the year, uh, their quarterback, Garrett King, decided that he was going to redshirt for the remainder of the year to kind of continue his development, but was planning to stay at Houston. Yeah, That's that's what the story was. Air quotes, planning to stay at Houston. And then he didn't stay at Houston. He transferred to the University of Miami. So going back a year in September, Eric King announced that he had decided to voluntary, uh, voluntarily sideline himself for the remainder of the 2019 season and take a red shirt. One day later, he indicated he was staying with the Houston Cougars. 
And then November rolled around, and it was reported that there was little chance that he would return to Houston. And by the time the calendar flipped to 2020, the Eric King had transferred to the University of Miami. And now, according to the official Twitter football account of the University of Miami, De'Eric King is the starting quarterback for the Canes. At Canes football, (laughs) this was the tweet. The crown emoji is ready for the throne. And there is a picture of QB1 with De'Eric King. Eh, Clever tweet. He's a really good football player. What does Tathan think about this? Is he still in Miami? Yeah, yeah They moved him to wide receiver, didn't they? And he caught a pass or two at the end of last season. In De'Eric King's last full season with Houston, he threw for 2,982 yards and 36 touchdowns. That was in 2018. The then redshirt sophomore threw just six interceptions in 345 attempts and had 674 yards rushing and an additional 14 touchdowns. He was the third quarterback in FBS history in 2018 with 35 passing touchdowns and 13 or more rushing touchdowns in a season. He broke Tim Tebow's record by scoring a rushing and passing touchdown in 15 consecutive games. That was early last year before he sat out the rest of the way. The Eric King, this is interesting to me, this wording. Story at College Football Talk says, King beat out the likes of redshirt juniors Nikosi uh, Perry and Tate Martell, redshirt freshman Peyton Matoka, and true freshman early enrollee Tyler Van Dyke for the job. Did they have spring football that I didn't know about at Miami? How did he beat all those guys out? <laughs> Must be very obvious with the football list workouts. Weight room Olympics. Either that or they're breaking those rules and throwing footballs to each other. Or the other thing is it's just really obvious that he is outstanding and Miami has not had very good quarterback play. Should I be waiting on a Costello tweet? I mean, I don't know. A Costello? Yeah. I mean, are they going to name him the star? That that he is QB1 at Mississippi State? Yeah, You're you're saying it's the same situation? I don't think it's the same. <laughs> it would be surprising, but yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he'll be. I don't know how they're going to announce that or not. They still haven't put a well, roster up, so I'm, I'm waiting on that. I, I meant same situation in so much as it's pretty clear that he's going to be the quarterback. Oh, yeah. 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 Yes. On that front, same situation. Yeah. Uh, a couple of Major League Baseball games going on right now. Oakland leading the Angels 3 to nothing, top of the ninth inning. They're in the top of the sixth inning in San Diego. Padres are up 6-2 to two on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Toronto with an early lead over the Washington Nationals. Cubs and Reds are playing tonight. Seattle is at Houston. That'll be game four of that series. And the Mets are at Boston. Two postponements. The Florida Marlins were set to open their home schedule tonight against Baltimore. That game has been postponed because of the COVID-19 outbreak within the Marlins organization, and Yankees-Phillies has been postponed as well because the Phillies were the opponent for the Marlins yesterday, and they've got to test everybody and see if everybody's okay on that front. And some people have pointed out that 
you know, there can be a four to five day lag on the symptoms. And so just getting tested back today or tomorrow for all the Phillies doesn't necessarily mean you're getting accurate results there. So that's what's happening in the big leagues. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, thanks for being with us on this Monday afternoon. Ceasefire text line is open 601 879 4395. Excuse me, 601 879 4395. Sorry about that. I don't know if that was, I think it was a hiccup. I think. <laughs> what what else might it have been? You know, I don't know. Yeah. Where are you guys on college football? I, I, I sent a message to a buddy of mine on Saturday morning. It said, I'm not sure exactly why, but I'm blindly optimistic about football season. Feels like a mid to late September start probably makes the most sense. So we're kind of circling back to a conversation from earlier about when the right time to, to start the season is. What's your level of confidence? I got another friend. We've kind of gone back and forth for the last two or three months now with like on a scale of one to 10, what's your level of confidence? And six weeks, two months ago, I was at like an eight. And that has waned. I don't think I'm at an eight right now, but I don't think I'm down around a three or a four either. Where are you guys? I, I was really feeling good when they when they made the announcement about Oklahoma moving games up. I was like, okay, that's a good sign, right? That 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 gives me some confidence. Today's news sort of brings me back down a little bit, even though I know it's different sports. I'm I'm probably a five. I'm really fifty fifty at this point. I'm concerned, no doubt, and today's news is certainly concerning. But I'm going to look at it from a different perspective than everybody else because as you've mentioned a few times during the show, the reaction was, oh, college football, if baseball can't do it, either can they. Well, can't you look at this as a wake-up call, though? As a a reminder of why you have to follow protocols and do everything you're supposed to do. As, as a way to inspire these kids to do what's right or else you will lose your season. I mean, the Miami Marlins, who knows what they're going to do, but a bunch of guys are going to lose games. And if you get invited to a party on Wednesday night and you go, you could derail your team's season. Maybe this can serve as a catalyst for, even though they're college students, they're going to do dumb things, a catalyst for these programs to use that as inspiration to do the right thing. Because at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to, right? As these kids being responsible for their own decisions, not going out to party like they want to. I know it stinks, and it's their college experience, and I got to have a full one without coronavirus, so who am I to say that you shouldn't enjoy your college years even though they're messed up? Mm. But this could you could use this now as a way to inspire college football players to do the right thing. And there's going to be an opportunity to create a bubble-type situation they can't completely lock these kids down, but a lot of college campuses are going to basically online-only learning. And if you're going to online-only learning, 
there's a chance you can more closely monitor your players and who they come into contact with. So, no, today's news isn't good, and they're going to have to thread some needles in college football, but you could use this. It's good it didn't happen to college football. It makes it more likely that it's going to happen than the alternative, right? So if they use it, it's good. You know, one thing, it feels like football teams have gotten into a little bit of a rhythm. They've gone from going through the initial acclimatization phase where they had to get tested and make sure everybody was good to very structured weight room workouts that included you know, social distancing and limited numbers of players at a certain time. And then they've gone to, okay, you can, can practice with coaches watching, but there's no ball involved, to now they're practicing football on a limited time frame, but with basically everything but pads. And, and and so they're making progress, and, you know, we, we saw Michigan State shut down last week. There's a headline on the college football page at ESPN that says Michigan State revealed 16 athletes test positive for the virus. That was from earlier this afternoon. Latest total includes two staff members, one athlete whose positive test announced or announced last week. Um. But you're not seeing among college football programs big outbreaks. Or at least those aren't being reported. Oh, they would be reported if people knew it. it that's a good point. So Michigan State shut down right now. Rutgers is shut down. If you look at college football as a whole, how many programs had to shut down workouts? Michigan State, Rutgers, Ohio State, Clemson, Houston, LSU. I'm sure there's a couple more, but... That's I named six that off the top of my head I remember. It's 130 FBS college football programs. And, and some of those were out of an abundance of caution, right? I mean, yeah. LSU had kind of a big outbreak early on. They settled down, and you've not heard any reports since of you know any sort of you know big numbers in terms of outbreaks. Houston, uh, Clemson had it early and have settled in. I guess the point that I'm making is football has gotten into a little bit of a routine. And while college campuses and college towns right now are not anywhere close to what they're going to be a month from now, when the general student population comes back, you'll be bringing in a whole lot more opportunities to get yourself into situations that are not what your coaches really want to, more opportunities to go out, more just general interaction with people just because there are more people around. It feels like college football programs, and for the most part, the other sports that are on campus as well, working out or doing off-season training, they've been able to, for the most part, avoid outbreaks based on poor decisions by small numbers or big numbers of people. So I just wonder if that's... You know, does the temptation change and it gets too hard to do what has served you well during this six to eight week period before everybody gets back on campus? Is, is there just too much temptation there? Or have they kind of figured out, okay, this is what it's going to take for us to be healthy enough to play? That makes sense? The, qu- the question that I'm asking? It, it, it does make sense. There are probably going to be some bad apples in every bunch, but I, I mean, 
high school and college are not the same, but we had a situation in high school where uh, we had a couple of guys on our team that were right before the playoffs too, um, that were doing things that they should not have been doing. I'll leave it at that because one of them actually played SEC football. Um, And the team kind of policed itself. We had a, a party. It wasn't like a team party, but there was a party before a playoff game during the week and somebody about did something really wrong. And all of us kind of stepped in and stopped him, and he ended up playing at Arkansas, of all places. Um, Maybe there's an element of that, too, where you have the older guys in the locker room that if they hear somebody talking about, hey, man, I'm going to go to that party tonight at the fight out house, that's where I'm headed, somebody steps in and stops him. Like a self-policing kind of situation. I mean, that's what you're going to have to rely on because you can't keep tabs on 85 dudes. But if you have a strong core in your locker room, maybe they can police themselves. Heather Dinich wrote a story at ESPN.com that dropped this afternoon with some quotes from Bob Bowlesby of the Big 12. Her lead is that as the Power 5 conferences continue to navigate the return of fall sports amid coronavirus, more decisions could be made this week about what that might look like for college football. It's plausible each league's plan is ultimately different. Here was Bob Bowlesby. They can't be incompatible, but they don't have to be identical. Big Ten and Pac-12 have already announced conference-only scheduling. Uh, The Pac-12 has also delayed the start of their season. Big 12 and SEC officials have remained hopeful that they can still play a full 12-game schedule. But there is expected to be an announcement on Wednesday from the ACC. And you can bet that Bob Bowlesby and Greg Sankey and folks in the Big 12 and SEC offices are going to be watching to see what the ACC says. They have a meeting of their university presidents and chancellors. And they they just recently restructured the governance model for the ACC where the presidents and the chancellors became the board of directors for the league. So they are absolutely calling the shots. NC State President Randy Woodson said, We do intend to finalize a plan this Wednesday. I'm a good soldier, so I'm excited to be part of the ACC and follow through with whatever plan is approved on Wednesday. So you've got a sitting president in the ACC telling you that we are planning to finalize our plans for the fall this Wednesday. Uh, One more quote from Bowlesby. They're still looking to play the 12-game schedule, and so are we. Talking about the SEC, says, obviously, one, if one of us would make the decision to go to conference only, that would affect the others. I'm guessing we would get some advance notice on that, but nobody has made that decision yet, at least not among the SEC, ACC, or Big 12.
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.